Good morning, church. It's time to begin our worship service this morning. If you would please take out a songbook and turn to number 116. Number 116. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our shield and defender, the Ancient of Days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end. Our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend. Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to services this morning. Uh, members and visitors alike, if you are a visitor, we would ask you to look in the pew in front of you. Um, if there is a visitor's card there, please grab that out and, and fill that out. If there's not one, please ask someone close to you, and we can get one of those to you so that we can have a record of your visit this morning. Uh, just as a reminder of our times of worship, uh, we just exited our uh, 9.30 a.m. Bible study. We are entering into our uh, worship this morning at 10.30 um, our typical worship time on Sunday evening is 5 p.m. However, there will be another announcement in just a few minutes about uh, tonight's worship. Um, and then Wednesday nights, our typical worship time is at 7 p.m. Um, this afternoon, there's not going to be any Bible Bowl practice. Um, and as if you notice, the uh, walking in, all the uh, different designs and stuff that are up, uh, Vacation Bible School starts uh, this evening. Um, please make note, it starts at 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, instead of our typical 5 p.m., it's going to be 6 o'clock kickoff, and we'll have uh, pizza afterwards. Um, we're going to ask all the members, um, if you could, please bring uh, desserts and chips tonight. Um, Vacation, Bible, Bi Vacation Bible School will be um, extending throughout Monday through Wednesday. Uh, times of those services will be 6.30 to 8.30 uh, p.m. each night. There will also be a Vacation Bible School at uh, the Cheap Hill Church of Christ on Saturday, July 30th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, there's a flyer on the Youth Bulletin Board in the back. Um, a week from tonight, the young men will be conducting services. Uh, if you'd like to participate that, in that, please see uh, Tom Payne. Uh, Hillcrest Church of Christ is hosting a Spiritual Emphasis Weekend. That's going to be August 5th through the 7th. Um, there's also a flyer on the bulletin board in the back. Uh, the ladies are invited to a baby shower um, August the 7th. It'll be two weeks from today at 2 p.m. in the fellowship hall. 
uh, to celebrate Nathan and, and Caitlin Wallace on their expected baby boy. They registered at Target, Walmart, and Amazon. A Hilldale Church of Christ Ladies' Day will be Saturday, August 27th. Um, there's a flyer on the bulletin board for more information. Um, they're asking that you please register online, but if you uh, don't feel comfortable, uh, please sign your name on the, uh, on the sign in the foyer and make sure that gets to, to Hilldale, the list of those names. So I have one more. Well, we received a letter um, from, from Johnny Burkhardt. He's the minister at the Church of Christ that meets at Needmore. Um, and he is going to be, um, he is looking for a, a congregation um, in between Clarksville and Portland. If anybody knows of any congregation that's looking for a minister uh, in the southern Kentucky, uh, northern Middle Tennessee, um, he has contact information. We'll be sure that this gets posted on the, the board in the back. But if you could let him know if, you, if there are any um, openings um, coming up or you know of anything that will be opening up in the next uh, few months. Um, That's all the announcements I have. Uh, If you would, please take out your Bibles and get ready for the reading this morning. Uh, Let's worship our Lord together. Our reading this morning will come from Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the the paths of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth uh, fruit in in its season, and whatsoever he doeth, Shall not. Whether whether leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment of the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous, but the way of uh, the sinners. shall perish. Next song this morning will be number 646. Number 646. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, It is well. 
thankful for this day, thankful for the time that we have to gather with one another and worship you. Lord, we pray that as we sing these hymns to you, that we're able to focus our hearts and minds on giving you the glory and honor that you deserve. Lord, we're just so thankful that we have this time together. Lord, we're thankful for our congregation and thankful for each and every member. Lord, thankful for our elders and, and deacons and Brother Tom. Lord, Thankful for all those who, who serve uh, behind the scenes. Lord, just uh, you've blessed this congregation in so many ways, and we can't thank you enough. Lord, we do ask for your blessing on our vacation Bible school that starts this evening. Lord, just pray that it is a, it's a success, that we're able to uh, reach members of our community who may not have church home, who may not know the story of salvation. Lord, that we're able to use this time as, as evangelism. Uh, to those who don't know you, but also to uh, strengthen the faith and encourage our, our young young people um, about knowing your word and what your will is for us. Lord, we want to pray for members of our congregation who are sick, who aren't doing well, those who are undergoing tests and, and treatments. Lord, you know their needs. Ask that you please be at them. Lord, we want to pray a special prayer at this time for Brother Bill Young and just ask that you please uh, be with him, comfort him, heal him, Lord. We pray that uh, the effects of his his stroke are, are minimal, Lord, and that he's able to um, regain 
any any uh, losses that he may sustain, Lord, I also pray that you be with uh, BJ and the girls and strengthen them, comfort them, uh, Lord, as, as uh, Bill is recovering. Lord, I know there are members of our congregation and friends and family who are carrying heavy burdens at this time, uh, those who may have sustained losses, Lord, just ask that you uh, be with them no matter what it is they're going through and, and strengthen them and Lord, help us to lift them up and support them the way that you'd have Christians do. Lord, we're so thankful for our country, our nation. Lord, those who are serving, I ask that you please protect uh, those who, who are serving in foreign souls, those who are serving uh, domestically as well. Lord, just ask that you uh, uh, please uh, be, be with them, be with their families, those who are sacrificing so much in the absence of their loved ones. Lord, we know that there are many who have served in the past who have given everything, those who have given uh, their, their health and their, their well-being. Lord, I just ask that you please bless, with, bless them and, and be with them. Lord, as we're about to enter into our time of communion, I ask that you please be with us. Help us to focus on your son Jesus and what he did for us to leave, leave heaven and come to earth to live as a man and ultimately give himself up and die a criminal's death on a cross so that we can be in heaven with you someday. Lord, we pray that we're able to, to focus on that sacrifice and, and what it means to us. It's through his name that we pray. Amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, let's sing number 176. 176. <clears throat> Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly birth? Because he loved me so, he loved me so, he loved me so. He gave his precious life for me, for me, because he loved me so. Why did he drink the bitter cup of sorrow, pain, and woe? Why on the cross be lifted up? Because he loved me so. He loved me so. He loved me so. He gave his precious life for me, for me. Because he loved me so, till Jesus comes I'll sing his praise, and then to glory go, and reign with him through 
endless days because he loved me so. For me, for me, because he loved me so. Good morning. As we gather around this table, I'd like to uh, just kind of say a few things to focus on what the good Lord did for us. We'll read a few scriptures, and uh, then we'll have our prayer. John 3.16, we all know this one. So you probably remembered it as one of your first memory verses as a kid. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that he believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John four fourteen one through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you will be also. 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is not seen, since what we see is temporary, but what is not seen is eternal. God laid the groundwork. He knew the plan from the get-go. He sent Jesus here to execute the plan and the, the Holy Spirit. So, as Jesus is doing all this work as he is here on this earth as a mortal man, he knew the whole time the end game. He knew what he was going to have to go through to save us. But he also knew that when he left here, his game was not over. He had went to heaven to prepare us a place to go be back with him. That, that's love. When you when you suffer that much, come from heaven, you're a holy, part of the Holy Trinity, you don't have to do it, but you want to. And then when your time is over, you've suffered, you've bled, you've died, you go to heaven and you keep working for us. That's what love is. That's what God showed us through the giving of his son. Let us pray. Father, as we bow our heads now, looking back to that cross and what you, your Son, and the Holy Spirit have done for us, Father, we thank you so much for that, for the plan and the sacrifice and everything that you've done for us. As we take this bread, we remember that body that was hung on that cross for us. And it's through your Son's name we pray. Amen.
Shall we bow again? Father, we bow our heads once again, thanking you for the blood that was shed on that cross, Father, that it was for our remittance of sins to be able to cleanse us, to be able to make our sins no more, that uh, we will be able to be able to be presentable in front of you someday, Father, as we hopefully you'll have us back in heaven. We take this time now to remember that blood that was on that cross. It's through your son's name we pray. Amen. Separate and a part of the uh, Lord's Supper, we take this as a time of convenience to gather back uh, what we've been blessed with and offering. Let's pray. Father, you are the giver of all blessings. You bless each each and every one of us in different ways, Father, with different talents and abilities to be able to go out and earn a living to be able to take care of our families and our daily needs, Father. We we know that you have told us that if we walk in your ways that you will take care of us, and that is evident every day, Father, in the blessing that you give us. And, Father, as we give back now monetary possessions, that we will be able to do it with a cheerful heart and be able to use it to spread your word, Father, that we know that you just want everybody home with you. And as we go out into this world, that we will be able to use these means to be able to spread your word, to be able to gather more to you. Thank you so much for everything you do for us every day. And it's through your son's name that we pray. Amen.
If you'd like to mark our invitation song in your songbooks this morning, that number will be number 616. 616. Now before the lesson, let's all stand together and sing The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land, the battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. The power of darkness comes in like a flood. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in hard, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you. I don't know about y'all, but I'd just like to keep singing. That was great. Y'all probably thinking, I'd like to keep singing too. Good to see everybody here today. I always love it when our building gets transformed for Vacation Bible School, and thank you to Shannon and all her army of workers. Uh, Shannon is so talented, we're blessed to have her, and, and uh, a great organizer behind the scenes, and she's already mad at me, I'm sure, for making this announcement. That's okay. But uh, Vacation Bible School is a time where we create fun memories for little ones, and uh, they make an association of church and Jesus and fun, and I think as we become adults, maybe we think back to those days where Vacation Bible School was fun and we have good memories. I looked over and saw uh, little Hattie Claire, our newest member. Welcome, Hattie, and uh, congratulations to Mary Grace and Reed, and she's a beautiful little one. We've been blessed with a lot of babies at Stroudsville and more on the way, and so that's always a great sign when we're growing and uh, adding little ones. We continue today in our lesson called, Who is this Messiah? Seeing Jesus through the ages. What I attempted to do as I constructed this lesson was sort of create a different lens where we would, we would look at Jesus from different vantage points, different perspectives. And the very first lesson we had, uh, we talked about Basically, Jesus, uh, from the Old Testament prophets, those who wrote about him, who wondered what the Spirit was leading them to write, 
we even have the Lord speaking to Moses in Deuteronomy 18. The Lord says to Moses, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. And I'll put my words in his mouth. He shall speak to them all that I command him. And so as we look at the different lenses, I hope you understand and appreciate that as as we take a different view of Jesus, sometimes that view changes. The perception changes. Jesus is not always welcomed and hailed as Messiah. Sometimes he's hated. The prophets certainly longed to look into their writings about who Jesus was. Secondly, we saw the apostles who envisioned initially Jesus being the leader of a a great messianic kingdom, one that would be established on earth, maybe a reestablishment of the Davidic kingdom, a very powerful um, kingdom where the Romans would no longer oppress them and tax them. But yet, post-resurrection, during the day of Pentecost, we see a, a, a very different set of apostles who are now moved by the Holy Spirit and speak with great boldness and confidence, proclaiming a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at the perplexed leaders, who frankly, for the most part, hated Jesus. He upset the apple cart. They were in a a pretty good money-making scheme with the temple. He challenged them. He criticized them. They didn't like what he had to say, and ultimately, they were the ones responsible for putting him to death, all according to God's plan. But yet, we're warned repeatedly not to be like the scribes and the Pharisees because of the hardness of their hearts. The fact that they'd see miracles performed in front of them and give the credit to the devil and not God himself. They would accuse Jesus of working on the Sabbath, even though a person who is deaf or lame or blind could now be healed. So instead of rejoicing, they criticized and condemned. Our fourth lens that we'll be looking at today is the hurting and the helpless. Probably one of my favorite categories. Next week, we'll be looking at New Testament believers. How did they see Jesus? How did they view him? And then our final lesson, number six, is going to be how do you see Jesus? How does Jesus make an impact in your life? And is he transformative in your life? Does he make a difference? So let's go back to the hurting and the helpless. We know that there were a lot of poor back in the time of Jesus in the area of Palestine. I believe that Jesus came from humble beginnings. I believe Mary and Joseph were not rich folks. He probably worked hard starting even as a little boy, helping his dad. Jesus could relate to the poor. Why? Well, for one reason, he was not a man of means, even in his adult ministry. In Matthew 8, verse 18, he saw a crowd around him. He gave orders to go to the other side. A scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
Have you ever thought about this? Jesus, for all purposes, was a homeless man. You see, he grew up in a home, and he had a family, a traditional family that we think of, brothers and sisters, but yet he left all of that, became a sojourner, one who was traveling from city to city, from vicinity to vicinity to preach the gospel. He depended upon contributions from people who followed him. And we believe, research has shown us, that there were probably groups of women who collected funds and would make deliveries of food and funds to Jesus wherever he was. That was their ministry to Messiah. He was a homeless man, and so he related to the helpless and the hurting. I'd like to begin by studying an encounter with Jesus in his hometown, that is of Nazareth. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 4, we're going to be reading about Jesus beginning in verse 16. Now, remember that this is not just some town where Jesus is visiting. This is where he grew up. Jesus is known to everyone as the son of Mary and Joseph. Beginning in verse 16 of Luke 4, Luke records, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found... He found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, Today... The scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? What I find amazing about this is the prophet Isaiah, as he wrote these words, was not speaking of himself. He was speaking of the future Messiah. And what the people of Nazareth did not realize is that in their very presence, when they handed him the scroll, he opened it up to Isaiah and began to read not about Isaiah. He began to read about himself. And if you'll notice, he mentions four categories of people. He mentions the poor, captives, the blind, and the oppressed. These were people of very humble circumstances. There was no status, no clout, no social recognition in these groups. But yet it was those people to whom Jesus was called. He has anointed me, Jesus says, to proclaim good news. Good news. I've been sent here, Jesus says, to set these people free. While the religious leaders, if you go back one week, were there to make this 
this powerful religious money-making system for themselves to have status and power, to be respected among the people. Jesus says, I want nothing to do with that. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to give power, freedom, and to liberate those who are oppressed. The ones that you religious leaders have forgotten about. Now, as you continue reading, and we're not going to read the whole chapter of Luke, but what I find fascinating about Luke, if you, if you look down at verse 25, Jesus all of a sudden kind of takes a sharp turn in his comments, and he says, yeah, y'all, y'all probably would want me to say, physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. Jesus you, you're a local boy, we know you, but we've heard that you did miracles in other areas. Show, show us a miracle. Show us that you're who you claim to be. He said in verse 24, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. Then he goes on and makes them really angry when he talks about the fact that because of their unbelief, that there will be a lack of miracles locally. And he gives two examples, and he says, the truth is, is that miracles were performed in the land of Gentiles in the Old Testament because of belief, but because of your unbelief, right here in the very hometown of your own Messiah, those miracles will not happen. Ooh. They went from being kind of proud of Jesus when he read and thinking favorably of him to a very different feeling. Let's continue reading in Luke 4, starting in verse 28. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. They went from being happy to angry. It was a mob-like mentality. They rose up, and they drove him out of the town, brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. Welcome, Jesus, to your hometown. The Messiah has arrived. Wow. Verse 30. But passing through their midst, he went away. I, I tell you, the more I study how Jesus is received by his common people, it's like, does anybody believe in Jesus? Does anybody believe that he's the Messiah? And I challenge you today, congregation, to think about this, but it's probably the poor and the oppressed who are most receptive to Jesus as Messiah. It wasn't the educated, it wasn't the powerful, it wasn't the religious. It was the common person of low status who was hurting. Jesus had great compassion on those who were oppressed, on those who were hurting. Let's turn to Luke chapter 7. I'll be reading from verse 18. I appreciate you reading along with me today. Context. John the Baptist, the one who was born to prepare the way for Jesus, and did such a great job, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now he's imprisoned. And in his time of imprisonment, maybe he, 
he feels that his own death will soon be coming, John the Baptist is getting anxious. He's getting nervous. Is this really Jesus? I I believe it is, but now I'm beginning to have my doubts. I may not be here much longer. I need to know. So what does John do? He sends a delegate. He sends a group of disciples to Jesus to inquire. Beginning in verse 18, we're told the disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you really the one? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. As they were coming to ask him, Are you the Messiah? They witnessed all of the miracles. He answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind received their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Why does Jesus do that? He's fulfilling the very words that he read from the prophet Isaiah. And what the disciples of John the Baptist have just witnessed is a fulfillment of this prophecy of Jesus reaching out to the poor and to the helpless, to the downtrodden, to those who are oppressed. And so we see that the apostles, as they witness Jesus and they walk with him and talk with him and observe the miracles, they give examples over and over again about his compassion toward those who are demon-possessed, the blind, the mute, the lame, lepers, and others with various ailments. And we see a group of people who are looking through a very different lens than the religious leaders. They're looking at Jesus and going, this man cares for us. He heals us of our infirmities. He is surely the Messiah. Church, I want you to believe and understand that Jesus needs to be viewed through our eyes, not from a position of status, power, pride, or education, but that we must humble ourselves like a poor person, to be poor in spirit. And to see Jesus as the true Messiah who comes to us and helps us in our own affirmity. We are the poor. We are the hurting. And that is why in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I believe, church, that it is not until we can humble ourselves that we can, in essence, get over ourselves and say, I am but a poor sinner who needs a Savior. I come 
to God's throne in a state of being humble and bowing myself and saying, Save me, Lord, save me. Jesus had little to no effect on the religious elite of his day. Jesus has little or no effect on the religious elite today. He wants us to come to him and say, I'm simply a poor sinner who needs your salvation. Jesus says to us that are in the church today, to his own disciples and followers, I want you to go out and to seek the poor, those who've fallen by the wayside, that are injured, that are hurt, that have messed up, that have been trapped in sin. And so he teaches us, the church, to follow his example, to show the same compassion toward the poor and the helpless. One thing I'd like to point out in Matthew 25, if you want to open your Bibles, to Matthew 25 and verse 34, we see a parable of the sheep and the goats, parable familiar to all of us. But as I, as I look toward the poor and how they see Jesus and how they long for him and how they rejoice and, and celebrate and accept him as Messiah, we see that Jesus is saying, I came to minister to these people. And I want you to follow my example, he says to the church today. I am sorry to say that so many times congregations that exist in modern society have forgotten that they should be a hospital for the hurting. They should reach out to those who've messed up. It's almost like we've become a social club unto ourselves where some people are rejected because they don't pass the test. That's not the church Jesus envisioned. It's a church full of humble sinners who accept the grace bestowed upon them by a loving Savior. He loves the poor. He loves the sinner. And we should follow the same example. Matthew 25 and verse 34. Listen to the parable where the king welcomes those who have shown a gracious spirit toward the poor. The king will say to those at his right hand, these are the sheep, not the, the goats who are rejected, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick, you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Our lesson today is very simple. Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth. They simply said to him, show us a trick. Prove to us you're the Messiah. Do something for us to convince us. Jesus said, there will be no miracles done in this area because of your lack of belief, your lack of faith. They became angry and tried to kill him that same day and throw him from a cliff. Why? Because they were not humble in their spirit. Who was humble in their spirit? Who was willing to accept that Jesus was Messiah? It was the poor, the downtrodden, 
the sinner. Those whom Jesus came to reach and to teach and to save. I'm simply asking that if you want to be one of those people that accepts Jesus, you must be poor in spirit and accept the fact that you are a sinner who needs God's grace. And that's why I appreciated so much his invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor on our heavy laden. Today we're going to offer an invitation. We're going to reach out to those of you today who may be struggling with some sin issues. You may be messed up in your spiritual walk. Maybe it's time to repent. We ask you to come and let us pray for you to fulfill that commission that Jesus had when he walked on earth to have compassion and to heal those who are spiritually sick. We're excited tonight about our VBS. It'll be a fun lesson, but I know that that lesson tonight will be geared toward children. The lesson today is geared toward adults, to each of you listening. And I just want to ask you to be honest in your life. Where are you right now in your spiritual journey? Are you in a place that you need to be? Are you strayed? Have you deviated? Maybe people who need this lesson aren't even here because their attendance is waning. They're spiritually in a declining mode. And so we reach out to those today. We ask you, come and let us reach out and minister to you. And let us offer you the love of Jesus. The invitation is for you today. Jesse's going to lead us in a song. We ask you to stand and sing. Jesse. no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me now safe am I love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. All my heart to Him I give, ever to Him I'll cling. In His blessed presence live, ever His praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to to Him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Souls in danger look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea. Billows his will obey. He your Savior wants to be be saved today. 
else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Closing song this morning will be number 613. 613. We'll sing the first and last verses and then we'll be dismissed in prayer. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away. And my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Now I've a hope that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, there in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day, when at the cross I believe. Riches eternal and blessings supernal from his precious hand I receive. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Pray with me, please. Dear Lord God in heaven, we come before you today so very thankful for the blessings that we have in our lives, Lord, to have the, the health and the means and the freedom to be able to gather in your name today to worship you, to meditate on your word, Lord, to remind ourselves of the salvation that can be ours if we live in accordance to your will, Lord, and follow your direction. We pray, Lord, that you open our eyes, that you help us to see your will in our individual lives, Lord, that you help us to understand the directions and the paths that you've made for us uh, that will lead to the salvation, Lord, and the forgiveness of our sins. We pray, Lord, that you help us uh, as we endure this world that seems every day to get darker and more wicked, Lord. We pray that you help us to not be a part of that world, but to also not hide from the world, Lord, and to be uh, part of the salvation of those that we can reach out in the world, Lord, and that we go out into that world, Lord, and we tell the world of your salvation. We pray that you be with those of our numbers who are struggling, the different ways that they're struggling, that you help us to be there for them in any way that we can, but that ultimately you give them the healing that they need. We pray that you watch over VBS, 
that you bless it, Lord, that you help us to reach uh, children and family, that you help us to use this as an avenue to uh, gain souls for you. We just pray that you watch over us in all that we do. In Christ's name, amen.